When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The Love Food Podcast is brought to you in partnership with my PCOS and Food Peace course. Finally, free yourself from endless PCOS fatigue, frustration, shame, and guilt. For PCOS sufferers who are tired of ineffective diets and unhelpful advice, join me on a PCOS and Food Peace journey that will change your life forever. Grab all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Welcome to episode 254 of the Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. Have you ever referred to yourself as a food addict? Is that something that you identify as? Is it something that you think is possible? Can we be addicted to food? That is a really meaty question that I want to take some time to explore, and I'm really excited to share with you this episode's letter. So if you're new to the Love Food Podcast, just know that our format is we get a letter from a listener just like you, and we read through it and then explore it, and sometimes it's just me and sometimes it's a guest. And today's episode, we get to hear from a guest expert. Her name is Marie Prayer. Petra Diorio. She's a dietitian and the voice behind the Balanced Dietitian podcast. I'm so excited for you to hear from her words of wisdom. I have a feeling she's going to give you some really important juicy nuggets to help you along your food peace journey. Before we get to hear from Marie and this episode's letter, a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of a Love Food Podcast is brought to you by Ovofolic. What is Ovofolic? Well, I had that question too. But Ovofolic is 
a new to me inositol supplement. If you have PCOS and you have listened to podcasts on PCOS that I've been interviewed on, or you have done my course, you know that I talk all the time about inositol supplementation. We know that people with PCOS probably have a defect or deficiency with certain inositols, and that's what leads to insulin resistance, issues with ovulation, and higher androgen levels. Adding an inositol supplement to your PCOS regimen is something that for many people helps to improve ovulation, lower androgens, and lower insulin, blood sugars, and even improve symptoms of anxiety. Recently, I jumped on the phone with Dr. Pari, one of the founders of the small company called Elon Healthcare that makes Ovofolic. She also sent me samples to, to try. I was so impressed with all that Elon Healthcare is doing. It's a small women-owned and led company, not a big corporation. They love providing a personal touch. Dr. Pari responds to all customer emails herself. She also oversees every aspect of the manufacturing and the ingredients of Ovofolic. So I know not all inositol ingredients are the same. I really like knowing there's a choice in good quality inositol supplements with the recommended 40 to 1 ratio. Avofolic has no taste or smell. I can totally vouch for that because I tried it myself. And of course, has these really high quality ingredients. Avofolic comes in easy to carry single dose packets with, again, that 40 to 1 ratio. So you can feel rest assured that you're getting the recommended amount for the maximum therapeutic effect. So Avafolic has a special offer for Love Food listeners. Use the coupon code FOODPEACE at checkout for 15% off. Go to elonhealthcare.ca and click on their product, Avafolic. It's spelled O-V-O-F-O-L-I-C to learn more. Use code FOODPEACE, all one word, to get 15% off. All right, enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Dear Food, I can't remember a time I didn't think analytically about you. I hear others speaking about you in enjoyable terms. Delicious, sweet, creamy, crunchy. When I think of you, I think of how many calories you might be, or whether you were cooked in oil, or how disappointed I will be when I cannot control my urge to eat all of you and feel sick afterwards. I think... I only like you because I'm addicted to you. This is a codependent relationship with no number of breakup power ballads can help me escape from. I avoid excess sugar, eat protein and healthy fats to feel satisfied. I drink water and keep myself occupied, but when I'm stressed or bored or alone in the house, you come creeping back knowing I'll let you take advantage of me. You have good traits, but you are toxic for me. When I try to feel content and say I'm going to make peace, I fall too deeply into my addiction with you. I don't even enjoy the taste of you anymore. I come to you out of habit. The way my body feels heavy and sluggish is a reminder of why I fight with you in the first place. I wish we knew how to treat each other. Love addicted to food. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey there, letter writer. Thank you so much for this note. You sound like you're in a really tough spot, and I hope I can give you some new ways forward. We're going to give Marie, a dietitian that's behind the Balanced Dietitian podcast, we're going to give her a call, and I have a feeling she's going to have you some insight and give you clarity as you feel addicted to food. Let's go ahead and give Marie a call. Hey, Marie, it's Julie Duffy Dillon. How are you? I'm so good. How are you today? I am great. It's so nice to meet you. And thank you for agreeing to help me out with this letter. Um, Did you get a chance to read over it yet? I did read it. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Are you ready to dig in? I'm so ready to (laughs) dig in. (laughs) Yeah, especially using the words like addicted to food. I was like, I have a feeling Marie's going to have some really interesting reactions to this. And uh, when you read through the letter, what was your general impression? Like what was your bird's eye view of what's going on? Yeah, of course. I, first of all, really appreciate this letter. Like the honesty and rawness of this letter was so just, yeah, breathtaking just to, to really read through it. Um, there's a few things I think that came up for me, like the addiction part is definitely something we can talk about. But I think the first thing that I really thought about is actually what one of my clients once said, and it's, I have a love-hate relationship with food. I hate how much I love it. I hate how much I need it. Um, And I feel like reading this letter really made me think of that, of this back and forth that we have with food of like, I need it, but I don't like that I need it. And then there's the control and the power struggle that we have with food. There's a lot of words that this writer was um, that used that really um, shows that, that there's a lot of control that she's trying to have or they're trying to have around food. Um, whether that is, you know, control the urge to eat or avoid sugar or having to eat protein and fat and trying to drink water, or keep myself occupied. So I think there's a lot of a power struggle that's going on of I need to have control around food. Um, and it's normal, I think, being in diet culture, a lot of us have been told this from a very young age, you need to control, you need to micromanage. If not, then, <laughs> then what, you know, you will, you need to have, use your, you willpower and your motivation. But the reality is that the more that we try to have this control and hold on to it, we actually end up losing a lot of control or feeling anyways is that we lose a lot of control around food because at one point our body will step in and be like, okay, hey, no, we, we actually need to eat. We actually need this. Um, and that's where we start feeling like it's not okay um, and that we're not doing good. Mm, I 100% agree with that. Like there's, it's so interesting, um, especially like as dietitians and how we're trained on food and physiology and how it's like breathing. Like we, you need glucose, you need sugar, you need carbohydrates, you need these things just to like have a brain that's not brain dead. And yet somehow the world has like fucked around with that and made it so that it's this control thing when it's like, well, it's never been meant to be like analyzed and computed. And, Mm -hmm. um, unless like you're like 
I don't know, living in a Petri dish or something, <laughs> like you're a robot. <laughs> Otherwise, like it's not meant to be like that, you know? And um, when I was reading through this, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this person thinks they, they're supposed to be this robot, you know? And like, well, I'm getting all the healthy things I need, so I should be fine. And Oh yeah. It's like, we need to rely on all these external data to like make sure that I am okay because we can't. And I think it's like the, we learn that we can't trust ourselves, right? Like we mm-hmm. learn that we can't trust our body, that our body's not good. We learn that we can't trust ourselves around food, that food is not good. So there's like a big break, I think, in that trust that we have towards ourselves. Um, and I love this. Im- I always have this image um, of like when we think of that control and like, yeah, that you like you said that like it's it's a need, right? Kind of like breathing that it's almost like this person's underwater and trying to swim as long as she can without getting any type of air in. But then she gets to a point where her body is like, oh, no, no, like we do need air. And you come out to the surface and the first thing you do is <gasps> like a big breath. Because your body just needs that air. And it's very similar with food. Like we can have control for a period of time, but eventually your body will kick in to be like, okay, now we, we need food now. Right. Yeah. I'm thinking about my son. He's, he's eight and he'll, um, whenever he's like panicked or like crying hard, he'll, he'll, his breathing gets kind of interrupted. And he will tell me through his like panicked eyes, like, I can't breathe. I'm like, Hey, your body's going to make sure you breathe. Like, Mm-hmm. Even if you hold your breath, like your body's going to make sure you breathe. Like it, it takes over and like food is the same way, you know, that like, like you said, if, it, if you're holding your breath forever or trying to hold your breath forever um, and swimming, you know, your body's going to be like, oh no, like we want you to stay alive. And I just get so frustrated how our world has normalized, like that it's a mm-hmm. failure when we breathe, you know, or when we finally take that breath by eating that piece of bread or something, you know, it's so frustrating. Um, Well, and uh, what I'm wondering too, like kind of keeping in mind all of this and um, for this letter writer or anyone listening, because honestly, so many people will describe this kind of experience. I'm sure you've heard it many times too. Like even though people have their own kind of unique experiences, like this letter writer is capturing so many people's kind of package of the way they're experiencing food. And so what would you recommend to someone in this place as like some first few steps forward? Yeah. And a hundred percent, like I've heard this so many, many times of when we get to this place and you're like, I just need all this control. And we just, it's just such a a scary place to be, right? That we feel like I don't have control around food. Therefore I need more control, but the more control that I have, the less control I actually have. So I think the first step, which is a really, really hard step is to again, be slowly to start letting go of that control, knowing that we can learn to trust ourselves, to trust our bodies, but really understanding, I think when we get this perspective of Well, the reason why it starts feeling out of control is actually a reaction to the restriction and control. So instead of seeing the, um, you know, urge to eat or the cravings or eating the, the foods itself as the problem, seeing that as the reaction of, oh, well, what if I actually try to take away some of the restrictions I have on myself? What if I try to stop having control around it? Um, I think that's going to be like a really great step to start. And I think the reader or the writer might've tried it. Like uh, there's one place where she tries, like when I try to feel content and make peace, I feel deeply into my addiction. And what I, what I got from that is almost this like honeymoon phase that some people get into or a fake freedom (laughs) that sometimes Mm -hmm. we have. 
So sometimes we try to allow ourselves, but it's very conditional, right? And maybe some people can relate to this of like, okay, well, today I'm going to allow myself this and see how it goes. But it's still very conditional to today at this time right now. And it's not really real food freedom. So we kind of still have this idea of, oh, well, now I need to take advantage of it because tomorrow I may not allow myself this freedom again. So we, we may still be reacting to that restriction, even though we think we're giving ourselves freedom. It's not real freedom. And then there's also the piece of the honeymoon phase that many people go through when you actually start allowing yourself to have food. So there's this period of time when all you know, we take the rules away, the restriction away that we get excited about food, that we're like, yes, like this is great. I'm allowed to eat this and I can have this. And there's no limit to how much, when I can have it, the frequency at which I can have it. And we want to take advantage of that. And for some people, as we go through this, it kind of um, lets them know like, oh, see, I I totally can't trust myself because this is what happens. But trying to see this as this is also part of the process, allowing yourself to go through that honeymoon phase, allowing yourself to go through this period where, yeah, this food is going to fit in a little bit more and that's okay. And I'm learning to lean into the discomfort. I'm learning to lean into my body trust to know that this will also pass, right? And it kind of makes me think of like kids at Easter when they have chocolate and the first three days they eat like chocolate all the time. And then like day three, four, they're like, all right, is there anything else? Like, can I have anything else other than chocolate? Yes, Um, classic food habituation. I mean, it's like, sounds like the most boring research to read, but (laughs) anybody who feels that kind of connection to the word food addiction, I really encourage you to explore that research um, because yeah, like the more exposure, the more boring it becomes. And like, Mm. we may not be exposed to food for certain reasons. Like it could be because we can't afford it or it could be because we don't feel safe around it. Or it could be that like we're on a diet, you know, like there could be so many Mm -hmm. different reasons. And then when you're finally around it, it's like, I can't stop eating it. So interesting. Uh, But then eventually, yeah, it's kind of like, ah, how much chocolate do I really want? Like, I kind of feel like kind of bored of it now. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that I I would see. I don't know if you see it too, Marie, but like whenever someone would refer to themselves as a, a food addict, oftentimes after doing work, like whatever they needed to help their relationship with food, which may be something like intuitive eating or just having that habituation after a period of time for them, they then were like, oh, I don't think I would refer to myself as a food addict anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you see that too. Yeah, I, I definitely see that in my practice too. I think it's almost like we're trying to um, I don't know if this is a word medicalize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Try to like label that relationship to food as something kind of like outside of us. But yeah, a hundred percent. Like when people start giving themselves that permission, the craving and the excitement around food starts to diminish. Um, and even that's what like study shows us too, right? When we mm-hmm. give ac- when we give ourselves access to something, it no longer has this like, ooh, this is wonderful and like naughty, and I should have more of it because I can't have it. <laughs> it loses its appeal that way, and then we're able to start like normalizing it and just be like, oh, okay, cool. Like food is just food, and I get to have it. And also, it's not this like whoa crazy experience Mm -hmm. that we may have with it. Yeah. It's not, it still may taste good, but it's not as like exciting, which has its like downsides to it. I don't know if you've had that people explore that in your office too, but just like how it can be kind of sad too. Like, huh. 
it doesn't have as much excitement. You know, it can, there's like a boring side to, to food too. Um, a mundane kind of like boring self-care side to it over time, um, which kind of out of the scope of this letter, but oftentimes people would describe too. Um, and I always find to be really interesting. And, and as I say all this, I'm like, something that you mentioned earlier that I think is really helpful is those who've um, gone through a process of repairing their relationship with food, living in diet culture, and practitioners who've like witnessed this kind of repair work, um, we've noticed some themes, you know, we've noticed some things like you said, like the honeymoon period. And so for you, letter writer, like being able to name, like you were saying, Marie, like being able to name all those different kind of um, processes that they may go through and um, normalize that because it's not about you doing it wrong or this is exponentially different for you. Like really that kind of experience of feeling like you can't stop and feeling out of control. We would expect that, you know, when you've been like restricting. And I heard lots and lots of conditions in this letter too, when I was listening to it and um, reading through it, like there's lots of conditions associated with like how much food can be eaten. So even if this person feels like hundred percent permission, it doesn't feel unconditional when I was reading it. I don't know if you agree with that too, but that was something that I was like taking away from it. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's almost like we, we want to let go, but we're not a hundred percent trusting the process mm-hmm. yet. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's also part of the journey. <laughs> that's right. also part it of the is. process of time. I'm yeah. kind of trying, but it feels really scary and that's okay. Um, but I, I agree with you, like reading that, that there's still a lot of, I think, um, maybe like food labeling and morality to food and also to body of like what it means then because of my body um, and that feeling of micromanaging, that's still, that's still there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, and before we move on to the food piece syllabus, any other steps that you have in mind? Yeah, I think the last thing, if and if you have access to it, is definitely trying to get support if you can, or a community that's going through this. I think normalizing this stuff and like even just like listening to this podcast, for example, of hearing other people who are going through this is so important because when we have this feeling of feeling out of control, we can start feeling like we are the issue and we are broken because that's what diet culture tells us, right? That if you can't manage and have discipline and motivation and do it, then it's your fault as a person. And it can feel extremely difficult to trust and let go. So I think finding um, a community or maybe healthcare providers who are anti-diet and health at every size of the line that can support you through this to just normalize this with you and support you through could be super beneficial as well. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, that's the reason why I even started this podcast five years ago was something that I really was like connecting to is like how... Um, the theme of isolation and shame was a part of people's relationship with food. And I would always say to people, like, I wish you could just be a fly on the wall with my other clients today. So you could connect with like this familiarity that you all are like exploring at the same time and, and feel isolated, feel alone, feel so ashamed. And if you all knew that you weren't alone and like that the shame is really not yours, like removing those two things seem to help people really expedite their repair process. And so, yeah, if, if anybody has access to support and community in any shape or form, 
add as many different layers and levels as you can. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that is one of the best parts, I think, too, for people as they're as they're moving along. So, um, well, I wanted to ask you a question, Marie. Um, we have something on the show called the Food Peace Syllabus, which is a collection of resources that helps people along their food peace journey. And if you would like the most recent copy to it, you just need to go to juliedillonrd.com slash freebies. And it's on that page there. And Marie, would you like to add anything to it? Yeah, I would definitely think, first of all, thank you for asking. Sure. Um, Yeah, I think I have two different things that um, I think could be supportive. The first one is um, the podcast that I host, um, the Balanced Dietitian Podcast, where we have conversation about this hard stuff. (laughs) So everything that has to do with like food, body, and mind from an anti-diet and health at every size perspective we bring guests along, we have um, solo episode, and it's just to try to support people through those, those journeys as well. And the second thing would be um, a group program that um, we have. So we do have a group program to support people through the healing process. And the idea of the group program is exactly kind of what we talked um in this podcast, that having that community aspect. Um, I do work one-on-one with people, but I've been finding that having a community of people is just so important and wonderful in the healing process. So we started a small group program to help people through their own food healing journeys. Awesome. Well, where can people find out information about the group program? Um, so they can find me on Instagram at the bounced. Uh, the Bounds Dietitian. I'm like, wait, what's my name again? <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. Yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. So the Bounds Dietitian, um, or they can also go to my website. That's thebalancedpractice.com. Awesome. And all the information is there. Okay, good. So if someone wants to find out more about you, they can find everything at thebalancedietitian.com. Is that, or is that no, I didn't say that right. The thebalancedpractice.com. Thebalancedpractice.com. Yeah, and exactly. Your, um, podcast is The Balanced Dietitian. Right. Yeah, I guess that's a little confusing, eh? <laughs> a little it, bit of news. <laughs> it seems like connected to me. I just got messed it up. So <laughs> thank you for clarifying. And in case you lost it in uh, translation as I messed it up, everything's going to be in the show notes for you. So you can click on it right now. And hey, thank you so much, Marie, for your time, your wisdom, your expertise. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy that I was able to hopefully support someone through this. Yes, yes, for sure. Take care. Take care. Bye. So there you have it. Letter writer, I hope my conversation with Marie was helpful for you as you're navigating this really messy, complicated space on the food peace journey. Please know you are not alone. We are rooting for you. And we hope again that our conversation provided some different points for you to explore to see maybe if those two, those are tools for you. I see that food is written back. But before we get to Food Sletter, this episode of a Love Food podcast was brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. Remember, there's a 30% off coupon that is valid through uh, Thursday, the 22nd. So through July 22nd, you can use the coupon code LIBERATE at checkout and get 30% off. Get to all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. 
This episode was also sponsored by the makers of the supplement Ovofolic, a new way to get your inositol supplement for those of you living with PCOS. Would you like 15% off? Just for Love Food listeners, go to elonhealthcare.ca slash discount slash food piece. You can get to the link in show notes. And just remember, Elon is spelled E-L-A-N. So go to elonhealthcare.ca slash discount slash food piece to get that 15% off. If you enjoyed this episode of a Love Food Podcast, I would love it if you took a screenshot right now and then tagged me on Instagram in your stories. I love seeing who is listening and it just makes me so happy to be able to connect with you in that way. Doing something like that or subscribing, sharing, leaving a rating or review, doing any of those acts of kindness really helps the show grow and I thank you in advance. All right, like I said, food is written back. But until next time, take care. Dear Addicted to Food, why are we fighting so much? There's no winning in this fight. We both lose. We are in a codependent relationship by design. Just like breathing and oxygen, you can't survive without me. And that is a strength, not a weakness. What would it be like to label that quote, addicted experience as more of a natural reaction to living in diet culture? What if you held on in your food peace repair process through the fake freedom and community rather than in isolation? This is a big heavy burden to carry that isn't yours to fix alone. Remember, our world needs fixing not you. Love food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.